sure the devil did too amen that the holy ghost you got to claim it we all need it right we all need the holy ghost you want to get to heaven you're going to need to be born again but you got to want it you got to desire it. you got to say lord i want it that's mine i'm claiming it his bible says repent be baptized in the name of Jesus, and you shall receive the gift of the holy ghost so i'm putting my name there to say i shall it might not be today it might not have been yesterday but i shall and I will, and I do believe. Amen. Amen. You can have your seats for a couple of minutes. And amen. Thank you to the musicians. I'm going to have you stay right there. But Tony, you can go. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. I should be able to lead a song or two. I don't know. I'll try my best, though. Let's take our Bibles, though. Turn to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 1. I'm just going to say a few words, and then we'll sing a song. And... Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 1 and verse 15. says this, for as much as is in me, thank you, Brother Dwayne, we can stand as we read the Bible, I apologize for getting you all to sit down, and for as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek or the Gentile. And therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just 
shall live by faith. Thank you. You can have your seats now. I said, I'm going to try and just say a few words, so I'm going to try and just keep it short. Because I feel like Paul a little bit where he says, I'm ready to preach. (laughs) But I'm not going to preach to you tonight. We're going to have something else happen tonight. But I want to say this to you. As Paul is, is, is saying here, he says, I'm ready to preach the gospel as much as in me. Even in Rome, which Rome, if you knew the time of Paul, Rome was the most wicked city in the whole earth. It was the epicenter of sin, the epicenter of civilization. It was not a nice place to be. It was where political power rose and fell. It was where the seat of of power was there on the earth, as it was the the place that that fourth kingdom had risen up from, that it was was there, sorry, third kingdom, I guess, that it was there, or fourth, yes. (laughs) I'm not preaching off notes right now. I'm just preaching right now. The fourth kingdom, right? Because there was the Babylonians, Medes and Persians, the Grecians, and then Rome. There we go. All right. But it was that fourth kingdom, but it was the seat of power was in Rome. And he says, even in that wicked city, I'm ready to preach the gospel. And he says, goes on to say, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're young people in a very wicked age. The most wicked of generations. Are you ready to let your life preach the gospel even in the most wicked place that has ever been? It's not just a city. I can't say Edmonton's worse than Calgary or Calgary's worse than Edmonton or Saskatchewan or or even America's worse than Canada. We're sisters. It's It's all that way, but it's a wicked age. We're living in Laodicea where there will be a time where people, when we get to the other side, will say, how did you overcome in such a wicked day, in such an evil age? But he says, I'm ready to preach the gospel. I'm ready to do as much as it's in me, even in the most wicked of places. And I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because this gospel is power. It has power to it. It has the power to transform lives from the most wicked sinner into a saint. It has the power to take you from the darkest, deepest corners of sin and take you right out into heavenly places in Christ Jesus. By the power of this gospel, it could change you from mortal to immortality. And we're going to put on immortality one day. It's the power of this gospel. It will give you a new life, amen, like a new wine that will change your entire desire. Like that mouse, as Brother Ed was talking about it on, on, on Wednesday night. Like that mouse that gets in the vat of new wine and he comes on and says, Where's that cat? Show me that cat. He's been chasing me now, but I got a little something in me. You might have been running right now from the devil. You might have been running all summer. Yeah. You with me? You might have been feeling like, yeah. when's the young people service is going to start? Because it, I really need something more. You might be feeling like, I finally got away where I, I could just be on my own island unto myself. But this gospel has power. Yeah. Amen. And it will even, it'll get, change your entire desire. It'll change your wants. It'll bear your burdens. And this life will even uh, fight your battles for you. You with me? It only requires one thing. You lay it all down. You surrender. You give yourself away. We sang that song so appropriately tonight. I give myself away. I give myself to you, Lord. I lay my life down. Everything. That's what he requires. Are you willing to repent of what you once were? 
Be baptized to signify that you're dying out to yourself. You're laying it all down and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This power that has the ability to change you. Amen. And with that, I want to say tonight that we have a special service, really. That's special to me, and I think it'll be special to you. And we got, I've, I've asked three young brothers, and they've accepted the invitation to share some things that God laid on their hearts. And these young men will just say before they get up, before I tell you who they are exactly, I've seen God dealing with them over the past year. And I've seen God revealing himself to them and helping them to overcome through the power of his word. God's been working with them, and with it, I've watched also a measure of humility come with that revelation. It wasn't just that God revealed it, but that they accepted it, and there came a measure of humility with it. These young brothers are your peers, and I can say it because I know it's true. They love the Lord, despite their mistakes or their shortcomings. They love the Lord, as do I and as do you. And perhaps God has something on their hearts is that is exactly what you need to hear in this moment. It's not just to hear Brother Andrew speak at Young People's or Brother Max or Brother John. But we want to allow God to move as he would see fit. And he put this on my heart this summer and, and it just seemed to have worked out. So I thank the Lord for that. And so let's pull on the word. Let's allow God to use these young men to speak his word. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12, says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in faith, in spirit, and in purity. And that's what we want to bring up tonight and say, Let no man despise thy youth. You say, I might be a young person. These young men might be very young. They might, you might know something in their past. You say, Well, I, they did this. Let no man despise your youth. Let God deal. Let God move. You pull on the word tonight. Let God speak to your heart. And I, I'm going to, this time we'll sing a song and then we'll, we'll have Brother Mark Perizak will come. And after him we have Brother Isaac Whitmire will speak for a few minutes. And after him we'll have Brother Ethan Hammermeister speak for a few minutes. And then we'll sing a few songs and close if the Lord's willing. Hey, Amen. Are you with me in this? I'm looking forward to it. I've been looking forward to it for weeks. Not just because I don't have to preach. Because as I said, I'm ready to preach. <laughs> as I said last time, I ministered over the pulpit on a Sunday morning. I said, my poor wife had to listen to me preach so many services over the closer shut down. But I want to let God move tonight. See what he has to speak to our hearts. You ready to pull on the word? Let's stand to our feet. Spirit of God, move. Write your word in my heart. Spirit of God, move, write your word on my heart, fill my whole being, consume my life. Spirit of God, move, an empty vessel I want to be, so that you
keep you standing for a little bit. We'll just read in a second here. Um, Brother Andrew said he's been excited for a few weeks. I came across the email about a week or two after he sent it. I didn't realize that it was directly personally to me. And then I read it and I went, oh Lord. And so I said yes. And then so the last few weeks I've been nervous and he's been excited. So all right, uh, let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 22, start in verse, uh, verse 10 here. My thought for tonight actually will be, what time of God do you serve? And it was a thought I had, I was thinking a while back, and I thought, well, Brother Andrew asked me to do another sword drill, what should I do? And So that's where it all comes from. Anyways, so start here with Josiah. But when Athelia, the mother of Ahaziah saw that her son was dead. She arose and destroyed all the seed royal of the house of Judah. But Jezebah, the daughter of the king, took Josiah, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's sons that were slain and put him in the nurse and his nurse in the bedchamber. So Jehoiada, this daughter of King Jehoram, the wife of Jedodiah, the priest, for she was a sister of Ahiza, hid him from Athaliah, so that she slew him not. And he was with them hid in the house of God six years, and Athaliah reigned over the land. Let's go to chapter 23, verse 1. And in the seventh year, Jehoiada strengthened himself and took the captains of hundreds, and Azariah, the son of Jehoram, the, and Ishmael, the son of Jehonah, and Azariah, the son of Obed, and Manasseh, and the son of Azariah, 
let's just <laughs> jump through here. And they went about in Judah and gathered the Levites out of all the cities of Judah and the chiefs of the fathers of Israel. And they came to Jerusalem and all the congregation and made a covenant with the king in the house of God and said unto them, Behold, the king shall reign as the Lord hath said of the sons of David. And then if we jump over to, uh, jump down to verse 10, sorry. And he set all the people, every man having his weapon in his hand, from his right side of the, from the right side of the temple to the left side of the temple, along by the altar, and the temple by the king round about. And when they had brought out the king's son and had put him, put upon him the crown and gave him the testimony and made him king and Jehoiada and his sons anointed him and said, God save the king. Now when Athaliah heard the noise of the people running and praising the king, she came to the people into the house. She came to the people into the house of the Lord and she looked and behold, the king stood at his pillar and at the entering in and the princes and the trumpets by the king and all the people of the land rejoiced and sounded with trumpets, also singers with instruments of music and such as taught to sing. And it goes on to keep talking about how Acilia comes in and talks about how it's treason, what they're doing, and in the end they take her out and they kill her. So you may be seated. So we'll just start with um, time. What is time? Time is, I guess, in some ways, it's a quantity of something that we only have so much of. We only get so much to do. On the way here, I was driving and I saw an accident. I thought, what choices, what, what's running through their mind? What do they wish they could redo? If they could go back in time, if they could rehab that time, what would they have done differently? what would be the choices that they could make. And then there's another aspect of time where there's athletes that will invest hours, years of their lives into a sport. Just today they had um, Red Bull Rampage, which is a mountain bike competition. And those athletes will go to this mountain and there's no trail on it. And they have to come in and in a week or two, they have to build a line for themselves from top to bottom and compete to see who's the best at free ride mountain biking. And they've dedicated time, they've dedicated hours. But some of them will come and they'll go down and they'll crash and they'll be injured for the next two or three years. And if you go into their head, you wonder, is it worth it at the end of the day? And they would tell you yes. But then when they hit, when they hit the grave, I wonder on their deathbed and they're wonder, I wonder what they would say if it was still worth it when they realized that there's another realm beyond here, and when they realized that there was more to life than riding a bike, when they realized there was more to life than being the best at something that in the end was meaningless, aside from, yeah, anyways. And so, what, what are you doing with your time? What, what is it that you're doing with it? Because we heard, uh, the ministry, ministry preaching a while back about if you're praying only five minutes a day, you can't overcome a 24-hour devil. You can't combat an enemy that's dedicating his time to you if you're only dedicating a part of your time to God. So what time of God do you serve? How much time is God God in your life? And Josiah, as we read in the scripture here, when... 
uh, when he was born, and they realized, and Athelia realized that her son had died, she came in and she came in to kill all the seed. She realized it was her time to rise up and say, this is my inheritance. Even though, and, but yet a godly woman realized that this was not a god and she came in and she seized her time and she came and seized Josiah and pulled him out and hit him. And then it goes on to talk about how for six years, the land was ruled by Athelia, and the devil ultimately had control in Judah in that time. But then there came a time when Jehoiada, the priest, seized his opportunity. He took his time, and he made his stand, and he said, okay, now it's time. We've had enough of this. Let's, let's raise up a king unto God. And so they took Josiah. And they brought him into the house of the Lord, and they crowned him, and they started rejoicing. And the first thing we find out in the scripture, it tells us that Athelia showed up. And every time that God will take you somewhere, every time you come to an altar, every time God will give you experience, the devil will be right there when you start praising. Every time that you get deliverance, the devil is coming there, and he's coming to say, hey, you can't have that. That's his treason. You're mine. But he keeps forgetting that God snatched you out of his jaws. He's taken you and he's putting you in a place where you could grow and you could become a son of God or a daughter of God and that you could grow into that place where you can be an overcomer of the devil. And we find out that they came, Jehoiada the priest, he realized this. He had the foresight to come prepared and they came armed and they filled the house of God with armed people. They didn't just come and haphazardly just go okay we'll crown the king and you know hope all is well they moved on and they went okay we're coming to fight the devil today and they brought themselves they came in all armed and when she came in they didn't run they didn't hide they just said okay let's go outside and they slew the devil they didn't negotiate there was no no contemplating what should we do they already knew what the plan was they came in prepared they came in prayed up knowing that we're going to the house of the Lord to get an experience with God, but the devil's going to show up. But what have we done? We have already come in. We've come prayed. We've come reading the word. We came in expecting, knowing that God will come. He'll be there, and he'll raise a standard. And then from there, we find out that he served the Lord all the days that the priest was alive. And the priest was the voice of God to him. That was his connection to God was through the priest. And as long as he listened to what the priest said, as the scripture will tell you, if you read his story, that he built, um, he put it on, God put it on his heart to uh, rebuild the temple, to restore the temple. And we know our body is the temple. And he comes in to restore the temple of God in that land, to restore the worship, restore the life that had been destroyed in the last six years of Um, leadership and he comes in and he realizes that uh, nothing's being happened and I forget where it is here but in what chapter was it oh yeah second chronicles 24 17 Uh, no that's not that's not the right one don't worry about it anyways um, and uh, I believe he asked Jehoiada 
why, why isn't the temple of God being repaired? And then the next verse, it goes on to say how the servants of Athelia had destroyed the temple and they had ransacked it and destroyed all the ornaments of God. And, they, and so they didn't have the money to come and restore the temple and back to its proper state. And so uh, the priest tells Josiah, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put a, um, essentially a box and we're going to put a hole in it. And as the people come, they can put money in. And as they put their money in, we'll take that money and we're going to rebuild the house of God. And so they rebuild the house of God and worship is being restored. But then the priest passes on and it's his time to go and God takes him off the scene. And then Athelia servants, though she's gone, the spirit, you know, we know the spirit never dies. God will take his man. Satan will take his man, but the spirit still stays. And so it now had come into another vessel. And these vessels, these voices came to Josiah and said, hey, what about this? What about that? What about this? And he no longer paid a heed to the voice of the priest. And he ignored it and he denied that. And he turned his gaze to the other side and said, what do you guys have to say? Oh, that sounds good. Okay. And he started listening to them. And the next thing you know, um, Jehoiada's son comes in on the scene and he rebukes Josiah and he says, what are you doing? You can't be doing this. This is not what God said to do. And then he comes in and God giving him the second chance, but instead of taking this chance, he sees a different time, a different opportunity, and he slew the voice. And then the scripture goes on. Uh, now we can go to Second Chronicles twenty four seventeen. Lord. Yeah, so verse 20 there talks about how Zechariah, the son, comes, and they slew him. And they conspired against him, and they stoned him with stones, in verse 21, at the commandment of the king in the court of the house of the Lord. So here he had just spent all these years rebuilding the house of God, and then in a matter of a short time, by listening to the devil, he was killing the voice of God in the court of the house of God. He was already back to destroying what he had just been building up. And then, uh, where that scripture? And then in 21, I think it's part against him, 25. Okay, yeah. And then later on, we find out that at the end of his life, the Assyrians come in, they destroyed Judah, they come and conquer. And then in the end, Satan takes his own man. He, he raises up people, conspire against Josiah, and they kill him. So here's a man who went, God pulled him out of the jaws of death, saved him, raised him up, brought him to a place where he had fellowship with God. He rebuilt the house. He was restoring worship. But then Satan came in, and he listened. And he, then God sent another voice, and he killed that voice. And then he continued to listen to the voice of the devil. And the next thing you know, we find out that he's being invaded. He's being attacked. He's being molested on every side. There's no peace in this new life that he's found. And next thing we know, we find out the devil's taking his life. The devil's killing him. All because he took the time to listen to the devil. And now I'll just talk a little bit about my personal testimony. I actually wasn't even going to go here. But there's a time in my life where... God was dealing with me, and he kept dealing and moving. And I've 
been here many times, and God has touched me many times. But there was an affiliate that came in and said, you can't have that. And I had it for a day or two, but then I listened. And then it kept coming back and coming back. And God would come, and he would touch me again. And the devil would come back again. And this happened for years. And then I went into school. I got in at the U of A there, and I went to university in the first year. I didn't do so good because I gave the wrong person my time. I let the devil have too much of my time, and he took me. And it wasn't always bad. There were times where it wasn't right, but it wasn't always wrong. But it was still time misplaced. It was still time that the devil took, and that's just not right. And every morning, just something I always grew up doing was you'd wake up, read your Bible, pray, start your day, and at the end of the day, you'd do the same thing. But those five minutes were good, and every service was good. I never gave up on God. I still, I changed my schedule so I could be in church on Wednesday nights. I did things so I could be here, and I believe God honored that. But at the same time, there was points of my life and my time where I wasn't giving God what was God's. And I struggled through the first year. We made it by God's grace. And then we came into second year, and it was kind of just the same story, the same battle, going and going and going. And probably it had been going on for about seven years. started when I was young and just kept going. And then this year came along, and the devil came back. But the Lord had been dealing with me the whole time, even though I had been silencing it. And the devil had keep coming back in behind it. And I wanted to be free. I didn't want to keep doing the things I'd been doing. I didn't want that desire, even though every time in church, for last two or three years, every service, God's been preaching deliverance to me, deliverance, deliverance, and overcoming. And over those years, the devil would just keep coming back. Every, after the service, you know, you'd have a good service, and then you'd come back, and he would hit you again, and he'd hit you again. And, and you'd just fight for years. And then came to a point where, um, yeah, it just kept getting worse and worse, and finally I just remember just kept praying, God, I can't. I can't overcome this on my own. I've tried. And when I would try, you just fall back in the same hole, the same pit. You keep going back to that same place. That same Athelia keeps rising up and saying, no, no, no. And then one day, I came to the up front here. Brother Max, and it might have been Brother Andrew, too. We came up and prayed, and I exposed the devil. I exposed where it started, where it had taken me. And we prayed, and God delivered me. But then the devil came back again and said you can't be free and I listened again and we went back in the same cycle and worse than it had ever been but every time I realized after a while that I'm free because who the son has set free is free indeed no matter what the devil will do no matter what you stumble and fall afterwards you got to remember that when you're free you're free you can go walk the same circle that Johnny Crow walked, and you can go back there if you want, and it might be comfortable, but that's not where you're supposed to walk. Maybe God will take you to another spot, but then the devil says, hey, look at this, and then you start walking again. 
but then you got to break that cycle again. God will help you break it, and you'll move on, and you'll just keep going. You'll keep walking with God, and it's not just like overnight. God can do that. I know people God has delivered overnight from certain addictions and certain things. God is more than able. But after the Jericho experience, there came an AI. And after Jericho, when they walked around the walls seven times, and God delivered them, the walls came down. But the second time, they had to fight themselves. God said, we're going to AI next. You've got to get sin out of your life. I've set you free, but now you've got to get rid of everything. You got a clear house, you got a clear storage so that I can fill you so that when we go into the next place, you can do the fighting. Well, he, they didn't really have to do the fighting. God did the fighting for them, but they still had to come prepared. They still had to come with the attitude of we're fighting. They had to come and they had to get ready. They had to build their ambush. They couldn't just come and try walking around the walls again. If they would have walked around the walls again, as we know the story goes, the men of the city came out and attacked them. They wouldn't have had the opportunity to walk around the walls again and blow the trumpets and shout and scream because that was not God's provided way anymore. He had done that once. He could do it again, but that was no longer his provided way of deliverance. And this time they had to come in and they had to come and stand in front of those walls and they had to lure the enemy out. They had to engage with the enemy. But then they had, but God had a provided way. He had some angels sitting on the other side ready to fight too and they had those men in ambush and as soon as the men of the city came out and they started running and it looked like they were retreating and anytime you retreat in a sport or anything it's a sign of um, submission it's a sign that you're losing that you're giving up but what they didn't know is that was God's plan because God said you got to give this take some steps back but at the same time you're taking steps forward because there's more of you coming this way and you're fighting them and you're cutting the enemy off from behind. If you can't take the enemy at his root, you'll never stop him. Many times in my personal life, when I was trying to overcome, I tried to overcome this one thing in my life and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. And I could, I could do it for a bit, but then I would fall back to this other thing, which was the root of the problem. And until I got rid of the root of the problem, the second, you could say the second root never went away. And so as long as I kept dealing with this one thing. As long as I left the root there, God couldn't take, couldn't, um, that other element of it kept attacking me. And so, I put this on my home screen on my phone for the last while. I guess I put it on as more of an act of faith before it came to reality, but in perfect faith in 63, Brother Branham says, we are taught to resist the devil and he will flee from us. Now to resist is just to simply turn him down, just to resist him, and just to walk away from it. God said a certain thing, no matter what he's trying to do, tell you, you don't have to even listen to him. You are, you have, your ears are deaf to anything else but what the Spirit says. See, he that has an ear that listens. See what the Spirit saith unto the churches. The one that's got the listening post, that's catches what the Spirit says to the churches. See? So if you want to know how to overcome, that's your quote right there. Take that and run with it. Amen. Well, I'm done. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Amen. 
I don't know how to sing this song, but it makes me want to sing this song. I never lost my praise. <laughs> might have taken that, might have taken that, but I had to take a few steps back and realize I never lost my praise. That five minutes in the morning, that five minutes at night go a long ways just to lay a foundation to let God move. Amen. I'm not going to take any time. Brother Isaac, where are you at? There you are. I'm just going to invite you to come up and, and uh, take the pulpit. Amen. Don't you love the Lord? Amen. Amen. God bless you, buddy. I'm so nervous too. Just like Mark, this whole week I've been kind of scared. But uh, let's just pray, dear Lord Jesus. May you help me to speak what you've given to me. May you help your people, and may you help me overcome this nervousness. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So this thought came to me when I was thinking about the polarized state the world's in. People through the manipulation of social media and the pressures of this age. They're being increasingly pushed to one extreme or the other. There's protesters all around, but then there's anti-protesters fighting back and causing just as much damage and commotion as the protesters. One might be fighting for something good, but what does it help if they're destroying people's businesses and livelihoods in the process? So tonight I'm going to speak on middle of the road. Um, let's start with Proverbs 4, 25 to 27. It says here, let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. And then you don't need to turn to it, but Joshua 1, 7-8 says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses thy servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper wherever thou goest. The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. These two verses teach us that we're to walk with the word straight down life's road, turning neither to the right nor to the left to the evil that's on both sides. If we do so, God promises us that we'll prosper. In the Patmos vision, Brother Brown gives a very good explanation about the middle of the road. He says in paragraph 95, Now thus, so you see, we took the other side of the road. You know, I've always tried to be this, and our Lord has always revealed it to me. There's one extreme, and there's another extreme. But right in the middle of the road lies the truth. You notice Isaiah, when he said that there shall be a highway, Isaiah 35. And you remember how our precious Nazarene brethren used to sing that song. You know, the highway of holiness, highway of holiness. I'm not sure I know that one, but... Now, if you'll read your Bible right, it doesn't say the highway of holiness. It says, there shall be a highway and a way, and shall be called not the highway of holiness, but the way of holiness. And it's a conjunction that finishes the sentence. See, it shall be a highway and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness, not a highway of holiness. See, a road is built, a way, a good road is built. The highest part is in the center, because it lets all the trash wash down to both sides. That's it. When a man really comes to Christ, he's got his eyes centered on Christ. If he's a little emotional, he'll be a fanatic. If he's a little cold, he'll get on this side and be a cucumber over on that side. See, he's intellectual. But the main thing is right in the middle of the road with enough spirit in you, keep you warm and moving. Amen, he says. And knowing enough just to keep yourself under obedience to the spirit, to move just as the spirit moves, not till or not after, just as the spirit moves. 
Brother Ranham then gives an example of the middle of the road regarding Matthew 16, 18, when Jesus told Peter, upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Brother Branham says the Catholic Church said the revelation was Peter. The Protestant Church says it was Christ. It was, but it was really the revelation he gave that God gave him of Christ. See, neither side is right. The truth lies somewhere in the middle. Brother Branham gives another example in Escape Hither, Come Quickly. Uh, you don't want to do anything wrong. That's where the two great schools went off the deep end. The Armenian doctrine, you've got to do a certain thing and do a certain thing. That's works. But the other side, the Calvinists went, bless God, I'm saved, I can do whatever I want to. But the middle of the road is, if you love him, you won't do anything wrong, like to your wife, he says. He notes that you can go too far into works or mistreat grace, but somewhere in between is where God is. In Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, he gives another example in regards to sickness in hospitals. He says, no, everyone that them that says rushes to the hospital as hard as they can when they get sick they get out here in an accident and break their leg or something or another away to the hospital right quick first thing you know as soon as they get a little cramp in their stomach call the doctor well if it's a blessing why why do something to well then every medicine every hospital everything else every remedy on the earth is a curse to god see then see wouldn't that be horrible my, see, so you can get a little too far off on either side of the road, don't you believe so? I believe in an old-fashioned, godly sin message right straight down through the middle of the road. The isms are on both sides. That's right. He's saying doctors have their place, but we must also trust in God. There's a balance we need to keep. There's many other examples I can get into, but they all summarize into one main point expressed in God has a provided way. Friends, I've always tried to keep a balance of the road. You get way off on formalism, just as formal and ritualistic as they can be, people grab for that a lot. Then if you don't watch, you'll get plumb over on the other side and be as, just as fanatic as you can be. But there's a middle of the road where the true saying gospel is preached and God moves in there vindicating the truth. Straight as the gate, narrows the way, but few they be that find it. Let's stay in the middle of the road where God can meet us and walk with us. And that's all. How are you all doing tonight? Can I get a response from everyone? Everyone's doing good. That's good. That's great. Well, I, uh, I really enjoyed Brother Mark and Brother Isaac. That was really good. God bless the both of them. Brother Andrew kind of, he, uh, he'd asked us to go and study these three messages, Christ is the mystery of God revealed the unveiling of God and the mighty God unveiled throughout the summer. And uh, these three messages really are all summed up in she is him, those three words that we are the word. And uh, why doesn't everyone just stand? And we're going to read... First, we're going to pray and commit this to the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you, dear Lord, and 
Lord, humbly knowing that we are nothing, Heavenly Father, Lord. Lord, our righteousness is as filthy rags, dear Lord, but through your blood you've made us perfect, Heavenly Father, Lord. Lord Jesus, where would we be if it wasn't for that blood tonight, dear Lord? Lord, through the cross, Lord, you didn't just cover our sins, you blotted them out, Lord God. Lord, by that blood you shed on Calvary, Lord God. Lord, you blotted them out. You cast them into the sea of forgetfulness every single day, dear Lord. Lord Jesus, and if we have anything in us right now, dear Lord, Lord, just forgive us, dear Lord. Blot out our sins with your shed blood, Heavenly Father. Lord, and take control of this right now, dear Lord. Lord, that we surrender all, as Brother Anthony sang the song, I surrender all to you, dear Lord. So take our lives, dear Lord, and you have them in, our control, in your control, dear Lord. You know our thoughts. You know the intents of our hearts. You know each purpose every single one of us here has, dear Lord. Lord Jesus, and you know exactly what we have need of tonight, Lord. So let your Holy Spirit come and take control, dear Lord. Lord Jesus, I submit myself to you now and ask this all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to turn to 2 Corinthians 3, verses 6 to 18. And this is the text, one of the texts Brother Branham takes for the message of the unveiling of God. Who hath also made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be, gl be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect, by reason of, that, of the glory that excelleth. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing then that we have such plainness of hope, we use great plainness of speech, not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded. For until this day remaineth the same veil, untaken away in, this, in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Not our heart, not the Gentiles' heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I think of that service John took on the law of liberty. There's liberty where the spirit of the Lord is. But we all with an open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, 
even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And one more in Philippians chapter 2. Verses 1 to 6, I believe. If there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Two more verses, seven and eight. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death of the cross. Now we're done reading, but I have something, you know, sometimes we'll get up here and someone might will say, oh, I'm going to stand all service, and you guys are going to get to sit. That's something that, ah, we do that every service. What if we didn't do that one service? What if I just left you all to stand right now? What if you just all stood the rest of the service? That's a tradition. That's something that we do every time. You, know, you guys know you're going to sit down, but I have to say, you guys have to have your seats. That's something that you guys know is tradition. If I didn't say you guys could have your seats, you guys could all sit down. You guys did all sit down. So you guys can have your seats. If you like. Many things we've gone over many times, I believe I've said this many times before, but it must be a personal, individual walk with the Lord. It's not my topic. If I could put something to this, it would be God unveiled in us. It must be a personal walk with the Lord. You can't take my experience. You can't take Brother Andrew's experience. You can't take Brother John's experience. You can't take my dad's experience, you can't take anyone else's experience, Brother Branham's experience. You have to have a personal walk with the Lord. You must have that. You must repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's a promise to you, that ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you've been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you've been born again, the new, the new birth is the revelation of Christ personally to you. Not to anyone else, not to anyone else. It's to you. This would be in Christ is the mystery God revealed. Oh, notice the Holy Ghost is the only revealer of the divine revelation of Christ. There is no school can do it, no scholar can do it, no man, how well educated, how godly, or anything else. There is no man can do it 
Brother Branham would go on to say, I, oh, I could sting hard here. How many Christians is born again? Raise your hands, filled with the Holy Ghost. All right, here we go then. All right, notice. And he will only do it to the predestinated. He will only give the Holy Ghost to the predestinated, the elect of God. So if you are elected and predestinated, you are in the foreknowledge of God before the foundation of the world. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is a promise to you, and he, because he will only do it to you. He won't do it to some unbeliever in the world. He won't do it to anyone else. He will only do it to protect the predestinated. And Brother Adam goes on to say, that's exactly all the Father has given me will come, and no man can come except the Father has given him to me first. Blessed is the man whom, you, whom he chooses and causes to approach unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's the word of God. That's not my words. That's God's word to you. He will only do it to the predestinated. Just thinking of which way to go here. It's another quote from the unveiling of God. You're revealing yourself, Lord, the mighty God unveiled to the believer yet still veiled to the unbeliever, but unveiled to the believer. Can't be unveiled to the unbeliever. That's not, he can't be unveiled to the unbeliever. He is only unveiled to the believer. May they break through today, Lord. See his great splendor and glory. May their hearts be changed before we even get back to this church tonight. May they all be filled with your spirit, your presence. May the master pick up that faith that you, they've got. Streak it across the word. May the tune come back. Thou hast been ordained before the foundation of the world to believe this, my child, and be saved. So you're predestinated to believe this message of the hour, to live for God every day. You must die to yourself to live for God. You must surrender your total life, your time, as Brother Mark was, pre as Brother Mark was talking about. What are you doing with your time? What are we doing here today? Why are you guys sitting here today? Are you sitting here because your parents told you to sit here? Because someone else told you to sit here? Or are you sitting here because you have a personal revelation of who God is to you? What are you doing with your time? We have so little of our time down here on earth. Let's use it and run with this message. And let's, oh my, hallelujah. Let's commit our time, our talents, our energy, everything we have to God. That's a quote from investments. How, can, can commit our, everything we have, the gifts that are in our lives, to God. Yeah. Right now, in this moment, what are we doing right here? Are you expecting to hear from God right now, right here? Because if you're pulling, you'll get what you expect. Come to every service that we are here. We haven't had church sometimes for I don't know how long. And We've been to meetings in Saskatchewan. We were so happy to be there. Some of us were able to go. Some of us weren't able to go. But we were so happy to be there. And we're not just looking to go to special meeting to special meeting. Every time you come on a Wednesday night, whether it's a youth service, whether it's a Sunday morning, a Sunday evening, you come ready, expecting being in the right atmosphere, as Brother Mark was already saying. Come in the right atmosphere, prayed up every service. That's when you'll hear from the Lord. The word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. 
He knows your thoughts. He knows your purpose. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, and to give you an expected end. We're not thought generators. We're thought processors. That means there's a thought from the devil or a thought from God. And we have to discern between those two thoughts. Does it align up with the word of God? That's God's thought. The devil wouldn't give you that thought. Does he say, oh, I, I'm not going to be in church because, oh, I, uh, I don't feel like it today. I'm not going to come to church on whatever. No, that's not what our attitude should be. Our attitude should be, I always want to be in church. I always want to be here. Before those doors open, before the deacons come, I want to be expecting and hearing from the Lord every service. No matter who the pre, whether it's Brother John, Brother Max, my father, whether it's Brother Andrew, whether it's Brother Moses, it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's Brother Ron Spencer. It doesn't matter. Whoever, it doesn't matter. You come with the same expectation that I'm going to hear from God every single service. I'm just going to take a drink here. Everyone knows... Hebrews 13.8. Can anyone tell me what Hebrews 13.8 is? What's that verse? Oh, John, do you know what Hebrews 13.8 is? You want to say it to me? Yeah. Yeah. He's Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Notice Jehovah of the Old Testament is Jesus of the New Testament. See, he is the same God just changing his form. Right now, just let your, let your mind a little loose right now. Brother Branham would say, I said, well, it's very easy if you just let your own thinking get away and just think the Bible terms of it. They're the self-same being. God is a spirit. Jesus is the body that he was veiled in. Jesus was God manifested in flesh on the earth today. Brother Branham talks about, if you ever listen to Christ's mystery, he talks about what is the threefold revelation of God. Brother Branham would answer it really plainly in Christ the Mystery of God Revealed. When, when we see all these great threefold revelation, God in Christ in the church, the kingdom cutting, coming, Adam and Eve redeemed back to the Garden of Eden in the representation of Christ and his bride. God in Christ, Christ in the church, and Christ in his bride. All that God was, he poured into Christ. All that Christ was, he poured into the church, his bride. So she is him. You are the word. That is who you are. There's one quote here, Brother Branham said, it's not a quote, Brother Branham writes it in the church age book. He writes it. Everyone knows this quote. There's not one of us here that doesn't know this quote or hasn't heard it. In the church age book, Brother Branham writes, let me show you another reason why Satan hates this book of Revelation of Jesus Christ in the church. He knows that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he changes not. He knows that a whole lot more than do 90% of theologians. He knows that since God is immutable in his nature, so listen to what Brother Branham says. The Satan knows that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He knows that he isn't the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He isn't three gods. He's the same yesterday. He's one God. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
since he, he knows that since God is immutable in his nature, then he is just as immutable in his ways. Thus, Satan knows assuredly that the original church at Pentecost, with the power of God, Mark 16, in action, is the true church that Jesus claims as his own. All else is false. It has to be. Now, remember this. Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. In the true church, in this last days, it's a continuation of the book of Acts. What did they do in the book of Acts? That's what you will be doing in these last, and that's what you are doing right now. Not some far off, as we've heard preached, the bride's revival is now. It's not some far off thing. It's right now. But the book of Revelation shows how that the Antichrist spirit would come into the church and defile it, making it lukewarm, formal, and powerless. Don't let us be that kind of bride. We don't want to be that. A cold, starchy Canadians are sometimes, a lot of the time, referred to as starchy. Why? Why do you want to be starchy? Why do you want to sit here in church right now? And why do you want to, I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to, yep. Amen. This is good. Or do you want to have some joy? Do you want to have some joy in serving Christ? Do you want to worship the Lord? We hear, I heard that song. I was listening to that song, Sister Catherine saying, when all else fails, worship the Lord. He inhabits the praise of his people. It exposes Satan, revealing his works, attempted destruction of God's people, and the discrediting of God's word, right down to the time he is cast into the lake of fire. Oh, my. You know he knows his end. He knows he's going into the lake of fire. Oh my. He fights that. He cannot stand it. <laughs> he knows that if the people get the true revelation, I'm pretty sure every one of you could say what this is. The true revelation of the true church and what she is. Notice, not who she is. What she is. What she stands for. And what she can do. And, and what she stands for, and that she can do the greater works, she will be an invincible army. That's you. That's not someone else. That's you right now. If you could catch this right now, that this is who you are. You're the word made manifest today in flesh. God unveiled in you right now on the earth today. Not some far off thing. Right now. Right now, if they get the true revelation of the two spirits within the framework of the Christian church, and by God's spirit, now if you've been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, if you've been baptized, that's God's spirit in you, the word. And by God's spirit discern and withstand the Antichrist spirit, Satan might be powerless. He might be powerless. Did he say that? Satan will be powerless before her. He will be as definitely thwarted today as when Christ withstood his every effort to gain power over him in the desert. When Satan came and tempted him. Yes, Satan hates revelation. 
Oh, my. God unveiled in us. But we love it. With true revelation in our lives, the gates of hell cannot prevail against us, but we will prevail over them. That's something we will do in this age. Oh, my. If you could catch this right now, it's good. It's good. <laughs> what is his greater works he's talking about? John 14, 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than, he, that, than these shall he do. They'll write a book of Acts behind it. This bride, this church, the word made manifest in them will write a book of Acts behind them. God unveiled in us. If you're born again, the new birth is a revelation. I've already said that. Revelation of Christ personally to you. So your past life, the things you used to do, Brother Mark, as a testimony you said, the things you used to do, that cycle you used to do every day over and over that maybe people saw in your life every day, you'd come to church, you'd sit on a pew, you'd do your tradition, You'd sit down after the preacher told you to sit down. You'd clap after the preacher told you to clap. Brother Andrew said, <laughs> Brother Andrew said that, hey, I want to I sing that song, Victory is Mine, again. I want to sing it. Victory is Mine. But I want you to sing it better. So you sing it a little better. You don't sing with all your might. Maybe. Maybe some of you did. I don't know. But do you have that real joy? Do you have that real joy that comes with serving Christ? You get on a hockey game. What a, I, I've followed hockey for a long time. What you get at a hockey game? Ev, many preachers have used this example. That you get at a what are you going to do? Am I going to sit down and do this? Amen. Yeah, preach it, preach it, brother John, preach it. Or am I going to stand up and sing, "Glory be to God"? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, as brother Andrew said. I'm a fool for Christ. Whose are you? Whose fool are you? If you've surrendered your life to him, you've given your life to him, where is that revival? Keep that revival every day of your life. Keep it every day. What is it? It's staying in fellowship with him, with contact with him. It's not, backsliding is getting out of fellowship. You get out of prayer with God. You get out of reading your Bible every day. Even that can become a tradition, a form, something you do every morning. You just read and pray every day. Yes, that's good. That's what you need to do. That's what keeps the revival inside of you. But where is that real Holy Ghost revival that we've been promised? Each generation is entitled to its revival. Where is ours? Where is our revival? Is it in this church? I don't want to be a cold, formal, lukewarm believer. Not at all. I don't want to. I won't be. You just let your mind loose for a little bit. 
and just get your mind on the things of God. When you pray, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you shall receive them and you shall have them. That's not a promise that's off to some other person, to some other age. That's for you. There's no other age. People that believe there's an eighth age and another, another age, that's not true. This is the last age. It's the end of times. It's the end of the world. Is there peace in a day like today? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Greater is he living in me than he that is in this world. I was so happy when I heard Brother Mark saying that. You can't do it on your own. You have to recognize that greater is he living in me than he that is in the world. That's the only way you'll keep revival every day. That's the only way, that's the only way you'll overcome is by keeping by realizing that greater is he living in me than he that is in this world. What are we? What are we? Not who are we. You know you're the bride. You know who you are. But what are we? We're the word made manifest. Greater is he living in me than he that is in the world. What are you? The word made manifest. God unveiled in you. The unveiling. Christ is the mystery of God revealed. Oh my. But glory be to God. He promised in the last days what he would do. He would show his word in plain view. Open before us again. See it open. There's nothing else. If you read the message, if you, under, if you study your Bible, you read your Bible, you know each, those seals, they're unveiled. It's all unveiled before you. The third pull is at hand. It's in your heart. A generation of young believers that know not who they are, but what they are. You're the word. You're the word made manifest. That's who you are. Oh, my he died to reveal himself to us. He, now let us die to self. Let us die to every single thing that we would want, every dream, every desire, every single thing. And let us die to it. Right here, right now, tonight. If you need to die, you die. It might not be like tonight. It might not be just tomorrow. You're gonna, but it's going to be a process. A, new, a birth is messy. A new birth is messy. And it takes, a, it takes time. For some other people, it's, they can look back at one point, one day, where they realize that that's where I changed. Or some people, it might take time. Let us die to traditions and other things to reveal him to others. Die to the denominations to reveal him to others. Now, we're not in a denomination. We're in the kingdom of God. We're not a, we're not a denomination. But let us die to all these things to reveal itself to others. I was thinking of, we were in Saskatchewan and we visited a court maze and there was a life-size model, an exact pictured model, a life-size model of the tabernacle of Moses. Full, it was to scale. 
And there's the outer court, the inner court, and the holiest of holies. That, if you've read your Bible, I know my dad has preached on it, but you know what those are. Body, spirit, soul. That holiest of holies, if I remember right, it was death to go into that place, except for once a year. If you went in that veil, past that veil, it was death. You died. God smote you dead right there. You died. It's death to go past that veil. Brother Branham says, in the unveiling of God, before if any man walked in behind that veil, it was sudden death. Amen. We're going to get a lesson here in a minute. If you can receive it, to walk behind them skins, even one of the priest's sons tried to do it one time. So some man, some son who was, let's just say a priest's son. You guys know that. Didn't matter who he was. He smoked. And he died. Didn't, don't go behind that veil. That man that walked behind, why there was no redemption yet in that, it was potentially, it was potential, and anything potential is not the real thing yet. See, just potentially, it was redemption. Sin was covered, not omitted, remitted rather, not remitted. Remitted is to divorce and put away, so the blood of sheep and goats could not do that. So when Jesus Christ died, he blots out our sins. He doesn't just cover them. He blots them up, throws them in the sea of his forgetfulness. Back then, they were just covered. Now, they're remitted. Now back behind this veil where he was hid to enter into that, a man dropped dead to try to enter in. So you dropped dead if you entered into that holiest of holies. Now, do you drop dead now to enter into that holiest of holies? No, you don't. You walk into it every day. You walk into it. You can have fellowship with God every day. You can pray every day. You can read every day. And back then it was death. Now you fellowship with God every single day. What a blessing. You fellowship every single day with God. The mighty God unveiled in us. We have that veil, a direct line to the throne room, every day, every day. Not veiled to the unbe- not unveiled to the unbeliever, but veiled, unveiled to the believer. That's what it is. That's what the unveiling of God is. That's what really Christ's mystery of God revealed is. She is him. That's what it is. That's really, if you want to read all three of the messages, the unveiling of God, the mighty God unveiled, Christ is the mystery of God revealed. That's what the principal theme of it is, is she is him. He brought, Christ died so that he could redeem us from all sin. He could save us every single day. That your sin, doesn't matter, as soon, <laughs> Brother Brown would say in Christ, the mystery of God revealed, we stand justified in the presence of God as a drop of ink dropping into a tub 
full of bleach. You'll never find the stain of ink no more. It went somewhere. It'll never come back. And when a man is truly redeemed, that predestinated seed that sees it and accepts it, his sins are demolished. It's gone. It's separated. It's dropped into the ink of the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's never to be remembered. God forgets it. And he stands as a son and daughter of God in the presence of God. Amen and amen. Now, now we are sons of God, not will be. We are, we are now redeemed. What, would, what did a person used to be? You look at someone who they used to be, and they're changed. Something changed in that person. What are they now? Don't look at what they used to be. Look at who they are now. Don't look at who Brother Marshall was, who he used to be. Look at who he used to be. Look at who he is now. Look what Christ, Christ is living in someone. Unveiled in you. (laughs) Oh, that's good. No one else will say amen to that. I'll say amen to it. Because that's good. That's good. It's God living in us. Oh my. That's good. And once you're in that, once you've been sealed with the Holy Ghost, you're a prisoner. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And these are all just things that just been on my heart. Just things that, just different things. You want to look at it, Paul, a prisoner. It must be an individual walk. God unveiled in us. She is him. You have to be a prisoner to Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's not my will, but thine be done says in the Bible, the Spirit forbid Paul to do his own will. Sometimes we have our own things we want to do, but we can't do them. Because we're forbid by the Spirit to do our own will. So you're a prisoner. <laughs> and once you have that seal of God on your life, hey, nothing can touch that. Nothing. You can't accept If you have the seal of God on your life, you can't accept the mark of the beast. You can't at all. You have the seal of God on your life. You say that, oh, the the mark of the beast is coming. You could, Brother Marshall sent that thing in the chat. That is is really the mark of the beast. That is. Something like that. Maybe Maybe that person got a little wrong or whatever, but really that's coming. And you can't accept it. My dad read the quote on Sunday, and his church stands alone. This is in Christ the Mystery. She is not hooked with nothing, but he was identified by God. Being that body that God dwelt in, (laughs) God dwelt in us. And the church is identified by his body, doing the same thing. She is his body, the manifested truth of his promised word for the last day. If you repent and be baptized in the name of of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And she, she alone stands by it. That's why the devil is howling. These great organizations is set up to to close her up. To close up what? This church. Things that we stand for. The word we stand for. What we are. The things we are. They'll never do it. She'll be taken up, not closed up. That's the ultimate promise. You don't have to worry. You don't have to feel it, fear if you have the seal of God upon your life. You don't have to worry at all because you'll be taken up. One of these days, I'm going to be gone. I'll be raptured. One of these days, you won't see me. Praise God, I'm going to be gone. Oh, my. Wow, that's about all I got. So, Brother Andrew.
anybody. Amen. I don't even think I have to ask if you enjoyed that. We sure did. Amen. Right from the start, Brother Mark, God bless you. Brother Isaac, stay in the middle of the road. God bless you, buddy. Ethan, God bless you. Those are brothers that you all know very well. Some of y'all grew up right beside them. Forgive me, I use the word y'all a lot. My wife found me a mug that was just perfect for me for throwing this in there. It said, happy fall, y'all. That's perfect. That's my mug. (laughs) Amen. But, you know, we got our own little personalities. I'm sure Ethan, if it wasn't for the flesh, he'd be swinging from these rafters right now. And that'd be wonderful. See, is every day like that, Brother Andrew? I work with him every day just about. Every day is not like that. But we're overcoming. Is is it every day that I wake up and say, I'm the word made flesh? No, sometimes I get down on my knees and say, Lord, help me, please. (laughs) I don't feel so great this morning. And the devil, he came. We sang the song. He didn't send you a text message and say, I'll be there in five. Wait for me. He was there by your bedside this morning when you woke up. Waiting for you. And we love to say, you know, make it when you wake up that the devil goes, oh, no, here he comes. You ever heard that song, The Life of a Preacher? I think Brother Harry Ragan sings it. You ever heard that song? Sister Kezia, thank you. Somebody's heard it. It used to be one of my favorite songs. The Life of a Preacher. When a preacher wakes up in the morning, the devil goes, oh, no. Here he comes. We always want to be that way, but sometimes we don't feel that way. But it's not you. It's not your flesh. It's not how you feel on the outside. It's a little something on the inside. Brother Ethan started with it and said, if you were ever in the foreknowledge of God, if you were ever predestinated, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's not about a working into working, but rather just sit there and say, I'm going to receive it one day. You might sit there and I'll just carry on a little bit. Forgive me for going a little bit. You can stand, you can sit. I'm not stuck by tradition. But, but if, you, if you feel like, you know what, Brother Andrew, I got my little box, and God is in this box, and until I get this, I don't got nothing. And you're just going to sit there like this the whole time. Until I get this, preach me happy. It doesn't make you feel very good, does it? Then go get what's in that box. You with me? If you really want what's in that box, and that to you is what's God, go get what's in that box. Quit asking somebody to deliver the box you're already holding in your hand. (laughs) You've already got the box in your hand. You've already decided, I need to have, then go get it. Seek it with all of your heart. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. If you seek him diligently, you will find him. You've got the box. You've got him right there. You say, I've got God until I get him this way. Go get it then. Don't sit there and say, then deliver it to me. Go and get it. You've got to worship. You've got to praise. You've got to do what you've got to do in order to say, I'm going to get the God that I want. You with me? So what if the God that I want they ain't the God of the Word? Then you're looking in the wrong place. And don't worry, you keep seeking God. You'll turn around and get the right God. Yeah. 
You got to seek him first, though. Amen. He called you. He's drawing you. But you got to respond to that wooing. It's a deep calling out to the deep, but there's got to be a deep to respond somewhere. Let's stand to our feet. I'm not going to hold you much, much longer, if at all. If you really want it, because Jesus even said, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. And when he found the one pearl, in other words, he was looking for something that he thought was of great value. And when he finally found what he thought was the one of great value, he didn't say, oh, well, that's nice. You know, maybe one day it'll just drop in my lap. You know, sometimes we get that way, don't we? Where we think, well, listen, God's this amazingly great God, which he is. So you know what's going to happen. God's going to just orchestrate everybody. So it's going to happen this certain way according to my imagination. That's not what the man said, the merchant that said he found the great pearl. He didn't sit there and go, listen, the mayor of the city is going to come and say, listen, I heard that you were seeking for great pearls. And I heard there's a great pearl over here. So you know what? I just want you to have it. He didn't wait for that. Probably wouldn't have happened. He sold everything. He got rid of everything else and he said, I found what I want. I found what's in my little box, so I'm going to go get what I feel like is of that value. When you feel like you found something and you realize, this is real, that's what I want. You might be looking at a brother and say, what he's got is real. You might be looking at a sister and say, what she's got, that's a real God, and I want that God. Then go get it. Then seek after it. Search for it. Do what you have to do to get that kind of an experience. And let God move because you find out when you're seeking that way, it might come a different way, but it'll be just as real. And you go, I got what she's got. I got what he's got. Amen. Because God changed me and it's a different thing now. I want to sing a song. I don't know, Brother, Brother Mark, are you still there? Did he slip out? Where's Brother Mark? Oh, he's right behind me. Amen. Do you remember how to sing that song, I Won't Go Back? Yeah. I'll grab it here. You don't have to grab a mic. I can pass you a mic. I could tell you to go get it all day, but I can actually pass you this. Well, the Mark's going to lead us. You all sang this as a youth group. I want you to sing it as a confession right now. I'm not going to go back. When God moves me forward, I'm not going to go backwards. When Mark got up and he said, you know, you might have to take a few steps. Yeah, you might have to go back to the root of the problem. That's what he's talking about. You can't just deal with all the symptoms all the time. All the symptoms all the time. You deal with it. Well, why do I keep looking at? Why do I keep looking at girls? Why do I keep looking at girls? I wish they dressed better. Maybe you need to deal with the lust problem. Why do I keep looking at these over things over here? Maybe you got to deal with the root of the problem instead of just always dealing with the symptom. Take a few steps back and realize, oh, there's sin in the camp because I left God back here. Go back to that tie post. Say, I'm not going back again. I'm going right back where God left me. I'm not leaving him again. Let him change me. You might have walked away from him this summer a little bit and said, I, I know I had some good experiences last year. I know I had some good youth services. I know we had some good times. We've had some wonderful special meetings, right? We had Brother Ron Spencer come. We've had, we've had Brother Ray Erickson. We've had, oh, all of these brothers come and preach. And it's been wonderful. But if that's where you left God, go get him. And update him on where you've been in life and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I don't want to do that again. Let me carry on now. Brother Mark. I've been changed. He 
just raise your hands and say, thank you, Lord. I found peace. I found joy. I found the grace of God somewhere. Go back to that moment and say, Lord, let me take you from here. Let me seek you with all my heart. Let me live in your favor. something that was said maybe I need a little more freedom in my worship maybe I need a little more freedom in church maybe I need to break free from the traditions that I've been 
bound by thinking someone thinks something of me. I don't want to be called the fanatic. Well, don't be called the cucumber sitting on the other side. Find the middle of the road and say, Lord, I had a Jericho experience at one time, but I'm stuck at this AI. What do I do? Let God move on your heart. Let him take all that sin out. Take all the things that are holding you back so you can go forward. Let him bring you to that where you say, I want to be that word revealed in my life. I want the word of God to be so in me till it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. I want that so bad. That just stay there, stay with that desire and say, Lord, make it real. Whatever it takes, whatever it costs, if I got to get rid of some friends, if I got to get rid of some of this time, I've given too much time to the enemy. I've given too much time to the devil. I've let him watch YouTube. I've let him watch my Facebook. I've let him watch my WhatsApp. I've let him do all these things. I'm spending time and time. I'm going to finally come to the devotions. Lord, I'm so sorry. I only got five minutes. Father, forgive me. I don't want to be that kind of a Christian. I don't want to be a cold, formal Christian that just comes and sits on the pew, dragged in by my mama and my daddy, pushed in at young people's. I don't want to be that kind of a Christian. Lord, help me to, to overcome this. It's hard. I'm working on it. I know it's hard. I know these battles, they don't just happen overnight. They're difficult. It's hard for a young person. There's so much to see, so much to learn, so much going on, so many pressures and battles and things. But God is still God. The God that you met on the mountain, He's still the God in the valley. You need that valley to learn how to walk. Because He loves you and He wants you to be able to trust Him even when you don't see Him working. He's still working. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, you see every hand that's been raised, Lord, every desire that's been expressed. Lord, a hand's one thing, Lord, and it's nice, but Lord Jesus, you know the heart that's underneath that hand. You know the desire that's down in there, Lord, that knows that it wants more of you. Lord Jesus, these aren't just young people that have come tonight. These are attributes. I believe these are young people, Lord, that you foresaw before the foundation of the world, not just to warm a pew. Not just to sit here and be cold and formal and dead in traditions. Not just to be a fanatic or to be a cucumber, Lord. Not just to sit all, all over the place, but Lord, you called them. You raised them up, Lord, and you desire that they would live an overcoming life. As we say the statement so many times, Lord, she is him. She is him. She is him. But Father, may you make it a reality. That it's not just God in Christ. It's not just God in a church that I happen to go to. But make it God in me. Lord, we want that, Lord Jesus. There'll be young people in the rapture. And we're those ones. We're those ones, Lord God. We aren't backing down this year. We're not backing away and saying, well, maybe it's not. I can't go back there. I've made my declaration. I'm one of them. And I'm going through no matter what others do. I'll pay the price, Lord. I'll take the way with the Lord's despised few. Though it be a few, though it be despised, though the laws may turn against us, it doesn't matter. I'm willing to stand in this generation. I'm willing to be a generation of young people that will be the Word of God on full display in this age. Lord, we commit everyone here to you, every heart, Lord Jesus. They haven't had the experience that they need, and I know there's some here like that. But Lord Jesus, I pray they'd stay strong. 
hold into their faith till you come and fill them, Lord Jesus. We love you so much, Lord. We love that you come and just speak to us through these young men. It's been so wonderful to be in your presence. We just commit it all to you as we go our way. May you go with us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Do you know that song, Brother Mark, Simply Worship? You think you could? Yeah, all right. Do you know that song, Sister Kezia? All right. God will not reject your prayer. We'll sing this song together. Just worship him a little bit, and then you'll be dismissed and be able to go your way. But let's just take a moment to lift our hands again and just say thank you, Lord, for what you've done tonight. Amen. Brother Mark. God will not reject your Oh, uh-huh.